Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. How are we? That's good. It's good to see you all. Um, if you haven't met me, my name's Thomas. Um, yeah, so I don't have a name tag on today. Thanks for praying for me, Brian. I really appreciate that, wherever you've gone. I appreciate that. It's good to start with prayer. Um, today I am going to be speaking about the temple, um, and we're going to be looking at that uh, in lots of different ways. Um, I was excited about talking about the temple because um, my our chaplain at our school did a whole sermon series on it at school. And I remember sitting in the congregation at school, and just there was like a couple of things that he said. I was just sitting there, and I was totally mind-blown by what he had to share and so hopefully there's some aspects of this that will hopefully mind blow you if, if they don't then no worries um but if you are mind blown and you are excited about some of this stuff as i am please come up and talk to me after the service because i'm only going to be scratching the surface of this i feel like i could probably talk for a very long time on this topic but i won't i'll keep it nice and short and sweet for you guys um but if you are interested if you're like wow that was like i was really interested about this so i'd like to learn more about this please come up and talk with me because i found out so much information that i even in research for preparation of this that i didn't know and i was like wow that's awesome so um please come up to me afterwards i won't bite i promise um it will be good to have a chat so um, I know this is a very Mitch thing to do, but I'm going to ask a question of you guys. So apologies for that if you're not interested in answering questions. But if I say the word temple, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the word temple? Solomon? House of God? Very large? Worship? Holy Spirit? Love it. Sermon done, I'll pray and we'll finish. No, 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 no. Good, there's lots of good things in there. So I'm glad you said all these things. Let's look at the very first temple. Now, you might be a bit shocked by this, but the first temple is actually the Garden of Eden. And you're like, oh, that's a bit weird. That's probably what, what I'm thinking about. But it is. It's the first temple. It's the first physical manifestation of God with us, being the presence of God where we get to actually see it. Adam and Eve were able to walk in the Garden of Eden with God. And we can read that in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8. And this paints a beautiful picture. So try to paint this as, you, as, you, as I read this to you. So it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Isn't that just a beautiful picture of God just walking in the garden? Just no rush, nice cool of the day. It's a bit of a hot day today, but nice cool day. I don't know, I can see a rain, like, you know, like a waterfall in the background. It's a beautiful picture, but it's the physical manifestation of God with his people, his creation. And that's their first temple. That's the first time that we are seeing um, what the temple is intended to be. The second time we see the temple is actually when Moses um, is commanded to build what is called the tabernacle. The tabernacle is essentially this really um, big tent. Um, it was a rectangular tent with a, a square section that was described for the Holy of Holies and people needed to go in there. Um, and once again, we see God manifested in, in this through, um, we can read in Exodus, that there was a cloud by day and fire by night. So even then, we still had a physical manifestation of God. We can still see the tangible presence of God in that. And it was God wanting to meet with these people and wanting to be able to do it. Now, I love God. He's super clever. So when Moses comes down from Mount Sinai with the, 12, the Ten Commandments, um, and he says to these people, 
um, build this tent. He goes into great detail about it. But it's so clever that he, he didn't ask them to do a physical building. He asked them to do a tent because God's smart. He knows that they're going to stuff up. He knows that they're going to be wandering in the desert for 40 years. So he knows that they're going to need to have something that is portable, something that they can take with them as they go, something that they can move along with them so they can continue to worship, continue to offer their sacrifices, continue to connect with their heavenly father. It's really, really cool. Tabernacle, who would have thought? Unfortunately, um, oh, the next, the next part, sorry, um, was uh, the next temple that we saw was actually in David, um, where he was, he was sitting in his palace and he was saying to himself, well, I'm sitting in my palace, but yet we've still got the tabernacle set up as a tent. I should build a temple. I should build a physical building, this time with bricks, with stone. We should actually build something that's physical. So Nathan the prophet, I'm going to read this out. This comes from First Chronicles. There's a, there's a good interaction here. So let me just read that to you. It says, After David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a house of cedar, while the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under a tent. Nathan replied to David, Whatever you have in mind, do it, for God is with you. But that night the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell David. My servant David, this is what the Lord says. You are not the one to build me a house to dwell in. I have not dwelt in a house for the day I brought Israel up out of Egypt to this day. I have moved from one tent site to another, from one dwelling place to another. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their leaders, whom I commanded to the shepherd my people, why are you not building me a house of cedar? And it's interesting that David wasn't asked to build the temple. I was having a chat with Mitch about this um, because I was like, oh, this is just an interesting thing. And it does say a little bit later that because of David's history and David's past, it wasn't actually him who was going to go do it. It was actually his son Solomon. Many of us wouldn't remember that, that it wasn't meant to be him. But because of his battles, because of the, the things that David's life, it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't his lot to build the temple. He did help the preparations to, for the temple. He did gather all the resources. He did get everything um, together to help. Um, but it was Solomon who needed to do that. And it was seven years Solomon took to build the temple. It took him a while. But it was very grand. There was people, there's a, even a section in the Bible where there was someone who came from outside to actually come look at the temple. This is how grand and um, magnificent it was. We finally see that we're, we're no longer a tent. It's no longer a, a, a place that could move, but it's a physical spot where people could come, people could meet God, people could pray, people could start reading the Torah and understanding what God had to say through that, and people could get in connection with God. And even though that the temple was eventually destroyed by the Babylonians, then rebuilt, there was another temple that was coming to earth. Once again, very different from what we've seen before. That temple is actually Jesus. And if we think about the Christmas story, which I've only just had, one of the references is that Jesus is referred to as Emmanuel, which is God with us. And there's several different signs that point to Jesus being the temple. The first is described with the Emmanuel God with us is that he is God's son and he was sent to earth for us. And so that is a great way that we could actually see the physical manifestation of God present on earth in human flesh through Jesus. 
the second one was that God, sorry, Jesus was, well, God forgives sins, but Jesus was forgiving sins. Now, this was really interesting because up until this point in time, the only way you can get your sins forgiven was to go to temple, to offer your sacrifices, to talk to the priest. But Jesus wasn't going to a no temple. He talked to the people. He started speaking particularly to those people and saying, your sins are forgiven. So he was almost acting like as if he was a priest outside of the temple. And probably the third and probably the most well-known one was Jesus' words in John chapter 2, verse 19. And he says, destroy this temple and I'll raise it again in three days. Many of us would probably understand that is obviously in reference to his death and resurrection. But he is talking about his own body, his own temple. And Jesus was the temple. That he was the physical way that we could see. And we've got so many great scriptures of, of how we can interact and how Jesus was interacting with others. And we get to see that really clearly. I've been recently watching um, The Chosen. Um, I don't know whether um, you guys have heard of The Chosen before. Um, it's only recently come onto Netflix. I know it's been around for a while, so I'm really sorry that I'm a bit slow to this. So apologies if you've watched it. Oh, Thomas, you should have watched that ages ago. Um, but I've only just recently got into it. Uh, it's a fantastic series that tries to, with the best... I guess they have some creative license, but with the best effort that they can, try to follow what Jesus did and his story. And I'd strongly recommend for you to do it because it is on Netflix now. It's really easy to access. You can also access the two other seasons. Um, there's three seasons in total. Um, I don't think they've quite finished the third season. Um, but I've just been binging it in the holidays. It's been so good. And I'd love to just quickly take a moment. This is a very short clip from this, but this is Jesus actually interacting with the woman at the well. And part of that interaction, um, he adds in, obviously we have the scriptural verse, but he does talk about something a little bit extra in this as well, um, which really um, points to some of what I'm talking today. So let's just take a minute to watch that. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from. Or what you've done. It's fantastic. Hopefully that encourages you to watch it because it is, it is really, really well put together. This is a revolutionary concept. And you can clearly tell by the woman at the well that she has no idea. She doesn't quite get it. Because up until that point in history, you had to go to the temple. You had to do all of these things. And Jesus is breaking thousands of years of, you know, I guess, tradition that they're so used to. 
something that we need to really understand. The next temple, and I'd like to just be really careful with how I describe this because we aren't Jesus, um, but the next temple is us as a congregation, as people. There's a couple of ways that I know this. Um, if I read in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 6, verse 19, um, the first part of it, so do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Now, I always thought, classic man, I always thought that's got to do with looking after yourself, like, you know, going to the gym, exercising, eating healthy, like, oh, my body's a temple. I would never eat KFC. That's a lie because I do all the time. Um, but it's not. Like, that was one of the things I'm sitting there in that chapel service. I'm like, what do you mean my body's actually a temple? Like, not, like, look after yourself? And yes, obviously, it's good to look after yourself. I'm not denouncing that. But it's, we are, like, we are temples. I was like, what? We're a temple? I'm a building? We are the temple. We are the church, potentially, for people who have never heard of God before, which is, like, crazy. I'm like, Wow. Here's a couple other verses, Ephesians 2.22. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. A dwelling. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. You also, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. Are you starting to see the picture? We're starting to see it all come together. And finally, we speak of the new Jerusalem, the new temple, the one that we haven't seen yet. And that is heaven. And when we read, there's some really great descriptions of what it's going to look like in Revelation. It's super easy. I know I've been, I know I've been fallen into a trap of skipping some of these things sometimes. But if I read this to you, sorry I didn't put it on the screen. But if I read this to you, it's very easy to overlook very easy. But there's one small section in here that I need to I need to need you to catch. And this is encouragement for us when we get to some of the longer sections of you know scripture that you go, ah, oh, it's easy to skip over. Please don't. So it goes through and um, talks about so I'll read from verse eleven. This is chapter twenty one of Revelation, um, and I'll read from verse eleven. Uh, in shone the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. So this is describing the New Jerusalem. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and with the twelve gates, uh, uh, twelve angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There are three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, three on the west. And like you might want to go, oh, this is just boring. Stay with me. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them there were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its great um, gates and its walls. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. It measured the city with a rod and found it to be 12,000 stradia in length and was as wide as it was high as it was long. Now, it's easy to miss that. But there's a section in there that we need to catch. It's talking about the New Jerusalem being a square. Now, if it's a square, we need to understand the original context of what the temple was. The original context of the temple was a rectangle because they had the outer court where they could do their sacrifices and they had the Holy of Holies, which was a square. And that's only where special people could go. But the New Jerusalem 
has no rectangle. It's all a square. That means every single person who calls the name, calls God a father and is, and is a Christian and is going to heaven will be able to be in that square. And so there's no longer this separation between, okay, only certain people. No, everyone has access to it now because of what Jesus was able to do. And it's super easy to just read that and go, oh, yeah, yeah. But we can't. We can't miss those little details because it's really important. Now, I love the Bible Project. My, my whatever, 15, 15 minutes, 20 minutes I've had to speak to you is going to be summarized very beautifully in about five minutes of the Bible Project. So if you've completely missed all that I've said, please enjoy a five-minute summary from the Bible Project. If you could go back to the city of Jerusalem during Bible times, the biggest thing you'd see is the temple. This beautiful building was designed by King David and built by King Solomon, and they believed that it was the home of the God of the universe. Wait, I thought God's home was in heaven. Well, the whole point of this earthly temple is that it's the place that overlaps with God's heavenly home. The temple is where God lives and rules all creation as king. That's cool, but even Solomon, who built the temple, didn't believe that it could contain the God of the universe, right? Yeah. The building was just a symbol, and it pointed to the fact that all of creation is God's temple. And that's actually what the first page of the Bible, Genesis 1, is all about. Really? It says that creation is God's temple? Well, it doesn't need to say it. The whole story shows it. In Genesis 1, God creates an ordered world out of a dark wasteland by speaking in a series of seven days. Then on the seventh day, God's presence fills creation as he takes up his rest and rule. Similarly, the tabernacle and later the temple were built and dedicated in a series of seven speeches and seven days, after which the priest or king could rest and rule in God's presence. Ah, so all of creation is where God intends to dwell. It's like his temple. Exactly. Now, turn the page to Genesis 2 and we get another portrait of creation. This one focuses in on the land. And in the center of the land is a region called Eden, which in Hebrew means delight. And in the middle of delight, God plants a garden in which God and humanity live together. And that's why the temple was modeled after the garden, filled with imagery of gold and flowers. The menorah symbolized the tree of life. It's the place where God dwells with his people. Oh, got it. And check this out. In the temple, the Israelite priests and Levites were to work and to keep the temple in God's presence. This is exactly the job description given to humanity in the Garden of Eden. So these humans were the first priests. But instead of ruling with God, they wanted to rule on their own terms, and they're exiled from the Garden Temple. And like Adam and Eve, Israel's leaders also wanted to rule on their own terms, and they too were exiled. The temple was destroyed, and this left them wondering, did God give up on Israel? Will God bring about a new creation? Well, the biblical prophets anticipated the day when God would create a new temple with a new priesthood. That's when God's presence would fill all of creation. And when the Israelites returned to the land, they did rebuild the temple. But that temple didn't turn out the way the prophets hoped. In fact, later Israelite prophets said that this temple was hopelessly corrupt. So they're still waiting for the ultimate temple. And here we come to the story of Jesus. He said that through him, God's presence and rule was coming into our world in a new way. And he presented himself as a new kind of priest. But Jesus wasn't a priest and he didn't work in the temple. Right, 
Jesus said that God's presence, his rest and rule was filling the world through his own life, death and resurrection. Jesus was claiming that he was the true temple and this new temple would expand out to include all of creation. That's a really big claim. And it got even bigger. After his resurrection, Jesus said that God's presence would come to dwell in and among his followers so that they would become mini temples. Communities of people where God rests and rules. Exactly. This is the Bible's vision of the church, which is described as a temple. Not a building, but people. Yeah, like when Peter says, you all are living stones built up as a temple for God's spirit to dwell. So at the end of the story, do we ever get a new physical temple? Well, not exactly. What we see is a renewed cosmic temple, just like Genesis 1. And this new creation doesn't need a temple building because through Jesus, all creation is now the place where God rests and rules the world with his people. all the squares. Interesting how they decided to put the squares in as well, right? Yeah. And there wasn't just one big square anymore, but there's lots of little squares. Wow. It's like it's well thought out. I love it. We've got this beautiful narrative that starts from Genesis and goes all through the way the revelations. If you want people to be convinced of God, tell them this story. Be the temple and go and tell them this story. Talk to them about the temple. Talk to them how about multiple different authors from multiple different time periods somehow got a narrative that started from the beginning of time all the way up to the present day and it makes sense from A to B. Now, if that doesn't blow in their minds, I don't know what will. Please tell them of that. A couple of takeaways. We have to understand that we are the physical manifestation of the temple. This is not about this building. It's not about coming to church on a Sunday. Yes, it's important to do that. But we need to go. We need to be the light to these people. We need to tell them about God. We need to tell them that you know, it could just be the way that you live your life. It could be the way that you treat others. It could be the way that you be brave and actually go, Hey, do you know anything about Jesus? Like, can we talk about this? Or you find a really cool video like the Bible Project that you just send it to them. You direct message someone about, hey, you should watch this. I would encourage you all to remember that. When you leave this place, this, is, this isn't just, you know, the holy of holies that we come together on a Sunday. It's like, no, you are physical temples walking through this earth through the love and, of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in you. You can go and do miraculous things. We're not bound by these things anymore. What an encouragement. What a challenge. I know I'm challenged by that. Yeah. Let me pray. We need prayer for this. Dearly Father, thank you for this opportunity to come into your temple, into your tabernacle, Lord. And thank you that we can learn that we are the temples now, Lord. Thank you for that. Thank you that we have an opportunity to then go out to others and be the temple to them. Lord, I pray that we'll do that diligently. I pray that we'll do that with a wonderful open heart to hear what you might have to say. Lord, if there's anyone who you're prompting us now, Lord, I just want to pray that you'll be 
speaking to us through your spirit, Lord. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a group of friends. I pray that you would just be guiding us into how you want us to live. And Lord, I just want to pray that we will be bold and follow through with those plans. We won't just leave it to next week or tomorrow, but do it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.